Father, but we're certainly not where we could be, and I believe by faith we're heading back to the foundational things of which this country was founded upon, Father, which is really rooted and grounded in you. And so, Father, as we're here to give you thanks today, I pray that your word will find its mark today. Lives will be changed as a result of it. In Jesus' name, and everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. You can be seated. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's read verses 16 through 18, and then I'm just going to jump right to my second point from this previous Sunday's message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 says, Rejoice always. Praise God. He said, Pray without ceasing. He said, In everything, not for everything, but in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Everyone wants to know what is the will of God for my life. Well, here are three things that are the will of God for your life. That is that you rejoice always. That should be the disposition of every believer is that we have a positive mental approach to every single day. We seize the day, we attack the day, and we do not let the day attack us because we're always in an attitude of rejoicing. Well, where does that come from? Because we're praying all the time. I mean, if you're communicating with God all the time, you're going to be full of joy all the time. Right? Because you know God has all your answers. So if you're rejoicing and you're praying, then you've got a lot to give thanks for, right? And it's a continuous cycle. So if I'm giving God uh, glory, if I'm rejoicing all the time, I'm praying all the time, and I'm always giving God thanks, there's really no time for me to worry, right? Because I know God's going to take care of everything that I may be dealing with or may have to deal with in the future. And so point number two today, point number one, we really dealt with a lot of little things on that, the need to give thanks on last week. And then point number two today, we're going to look at how to be thankful, how to do it in everything, how to be thankful in everything. And there are just two points that I want to share with you today, uh, and that is to remember that all things work for good and then also express thanks in every prayer, okay? Remember, point number one under how to be thankful, or letter A, how to be thankful in everything. Remember that all things work together for good. Go to Romans chapter 8, and let's read here verse 28. Romans chapter 8. How many of y'all love God? How many of y'all believe you responded to his call on your life? All right, that should give you a confidence really going forward about anything that comes into your life God has a way of getting you out of it supernaturally. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, And we know, we have to know this, that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. And so this is good and bad. How many know bad things happen to good people? But what we're supposed to know, even if something bad happens, is that if I keep a positive attitude, if I'm rejoicing all the time, I'm praying all the time, and I'm giving thanks all the time, I have to know that this is going to work out for my good. I mean, that's really the disposition we have to have in every situation. And I'm talking about in times like that, when it looks like, hey, I might be out on the street in two weeks. You still have to find it within yourself to say, God, you are good. And if if no one else can get me out of this situation, God, I know you can. God, I'm in a bad situation right now, but I still give you thanks in it because I know you can work this together for my good. That is the way a believer approaches every situation in their life. Really doesn't matter what it looks like to us. We know how we're coming out on the other side, okay? And so we have to learn 
how to do that. Go to Romans chapter 5, and let's look at that thought another way. Romans chapter 5, let's begin reading at verse 1. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, Therefore, having been justified or declared righteous by faith, we have a peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. That's enough to be thankful for right there. Just the fact that I have peace with God. Listen, folks, God is all right with you, and you're all right with God. Isn't that enough right there all by itself to be thankful for? Then he goes on to say, through whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Well, how do we stand? We have access by grace or by faith into this grace. Folks, grace is really life made easy. Life is never intended to be hard. Let me try this side of the room over here. Believe it or not, folks, life was never meant to be hard. Faith and grace really makes life easy. It really does. When we just tap into what God's already done for us, he's already done the hard part. All we have to do is agree with what he's already done and use our faith to access all of that grace that he's made available to us. Folks, and then when we go through something, how do you know we're, we're really standing in faith? How do you know we're doing it? Look at what the very next word here says or phrase here says. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How do you know? That'll keep your, your, your candle lit right there. I'm in a bad situation, but Father, I'm getting ready to rejoice because my hope is in you, and I know that I'm going to see your glory in this situation. Come on, that's an art right there, folks. That, that's really an art to be able to say, you know what? It doesn't look good, but God, you are good. My circumstances don't look good, but, Father, you've given me access to your grace by faith. And so I tap into it. So I'm going to stand in my situation and hope that I'm going to see your glory. And how do you know you're standing in faith? Because you have this ability to rejoice even when you don't feel like rejoicing. How do you know faith will tell your feelings what to do? Not your feelings telling your faith what to do. When your faith is activated, it doesn't matter how you feel. You just know on the inside that God is good, and this situation is getting ready to work out for me. Notice what he continues to go on to say here, which I love. It blessed me just reading it. He says, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Something doesn't sound right about that. Why would you be excited about going through? You know why? You're not really going through. You're growing through. Yeah. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try it again over here. I said, you're not really going through anything. He already went through everything for you. Stop saying I'm going through. You're not going through. You're growing through. Well, what is God after? I'm getting ready to show you what he's after. Knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. I mean, we need to get tougher. And you don't really know what you can go through until you go through something. Right? Watch this now. Let me show you what God's after. And then your perseverance is going to produce some character. And I think character is more important than stuff. Right? And then your character is going to produce hope. See, if you've ever been through anything, I can always tell people who haven't been through something in life. They quit too easy. 
Soon as something show up, their attitude changes, they go south, they quit. But somebody that's been through something, they have a posture. You know, I've seen all this before. And this too shall pass. And it's an undying hope that they have. You know what? I'm 48 years old. God has never let me down one time in my life. He came through yesterday. He'll come through today. And anything that shows up in the future, I know God will come through. And so all of that perseverance and character, it keeps us with a godly hope that God is on my side. Look at what he goes on to say. Now, hope does not disappoint when it's in God. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which was given to us. When you get a revelation of how much God loves you, man, listen, I don't know what to tell you. When you really know how much God loves you, it comforts you that you can't stay in your situation. I'm talking about it's it's a hope that's undescribable. It's a hope against hope. I'm talking about when everything looks lost. This kind of person keeps on hoping. I'm talking about you're standing there and it's, you, it doesn't add up. There's no way this is supposed to work out. Something on the inside tells this person, this God's still going to come through for me. Hallelujah. Anyone in this building like that today? I'm talking about when you lived a little bit and you've been through something, I can always tell people that haven't been through nothing. They quit like that. Somebody that's been through something, they just put put the praise on a little better now, put the rejoicing on a little better, pray a little bit more, rejoice a little bit more because they've seen all this stuff before. Now, express thanks in every prayer, and I'm going to close right here. Express thanks in every prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, we read this on Sunday. Tells us to be anxious for nothing. Right? Right? So so it said don't worry about nothing. That's that's revelation for somebody in this building today. It's nothing to worry about. God's on your side. So he said be anxious for nothing, but. Now, if you understand Hebrew, but cancels out everything that was said before. Right? And and so, really, so he's telling you, disregard what I said prior to this. If you just do this, you'll never have nothing to worry about. Did you all catch that? What is that? What is he replacing the be anxious for nothing with? But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made on to God. So here's the secret sauce, folks. Every time you pray for something, thank God for something. Uh, There's two things I'm saying there. Every time you pray for something, thank him for what you prayed about, but then also count your blessings. And go back and remind yourself how much he's come through for you in the past. Thank him for everything that he's done for you up until that point because it's going to strengthen your resolve about what you're believing him for now. That's a little art there. Don't just thank him for what's coming. Thank him for what he's already done. And I've been doing that this week, just thanking God for his blessings. So instead of just always saying, God, I thank you for our new building, no, thank you for the West End. Thank you for the Marietta Performing Arts Center. Thank you for the ProMaster van that takes all of the equipment from one place. Father, thank you for 582 Wiley Road for our office space. We don't own any of it, but, Father, we thank you that we get the opportunity to use it. 
And I've just been backing up, thinking about all that he's done to get us to this point. Folks, God's been good to linked up church, man. Man, and listen, if you'll do that in your own personal life, your hands will shoot up in the air and give God thanks like you've never given it to him before. Go to Daniel chapter 6, and I'm going to close with this story today. I want to show you what all of this looks like. Daniel chapter 6. I want to show you a biblical example of everything that I just talked about. I've read this story since I've been saved and never saw some of these nuggets I'm getting ready to share with you. Verse 1 says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 uh, satraps. I like to call them set traps. To be over the whole kingdom and over these three governors. So it was three governors over the set traps, or I like to call them set traps. I'll show you why in a moment. And over these were the governors of whom Daniel was one that the satraps or set traps might give an account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. How many know when you're in a position of leadership and people have to report to you and be accountable to you, it creates challenges all by itself, right? A couple of reasons, because people want what you have, right? But then it creates this fear in them that you're going to do something to them. So self-preservation and all of that kicks in, and it makes the whole environment squirrely. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? really makes it an uncomfortable environment. So Daniel is, is not any different than anyone else. This is just called life. Let's keep reading here. Watch this. Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the governors and the set traps because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So, so we can see here that, that, that Daniel is coming into favor with the king. How I many know people under you won't like that? And they'll try to set up stuff because they want that position, right? Now, watch this. Let's go through this story very carefully. Scripture says the excellent spirit was in him. I mean, we can't see a spirit. So how do we know an excellent spirit was in Daniel? Let's keep reading. So the governors and the set traps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault. Here it is, because he was faithful and there was no error or fault found in him. Two things here. He was trustworthy. He was faithful. You could rely on him, and no one outside of him could bring an accusation against him that could be substantiated. Amen. I mean, people will bring accusations. The issue is, can it be substantiated? All right, let's keep reading. So how do we know an excellent spirit was in him? He was blameless because no one could really bring anything to substantiate, and he was faithful. I mean, if you master those two areas right there, you'll not only always have a job, but you'll always have the best job, and you'll probably own the business before it's all said and done. Those are qualities, folks, that are rare to find in 2015. Someone that's blameless and faithful. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 5. So then these men said, we shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So these governors and set traps or set traps thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. The governors of the kingdom and the administrators and the set traps, the counselors and advisors have consulted together to establish a royal statue and to make a firm decree. Watch this. That whosoever petitions any god or man for 30 days except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Sounds like a great idea, but why did they put that together? Because there was a setup. They knew Daniel was going to pray to his God three times a day. Okay, let's keep reading here. Watch this. 
So King Darius established a decree, signed the writing so that it could not be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians and does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. Now, now watch this. How many of us would respond this way? We know we're getting ready to be thrown into the the den of lions. Let's just be honest. How would you respond in that situation? Let's just talk through a few scenarios. I'm probably thinking about how to find these guys who set this whole thing up. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. Anybody else in here know? That probably been been my flesh reaction first. Get these. They did what? Right? I I mean, look, how would you respond in that situation? You're getting ready to get thrown into a den of lions. Look what Daniel did. Now, when Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went home. And he went in his upper room, and with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day, and he prayed, and he what? Oh, Jesus. He did what? He did what? Clearly, he's not thanking God for being thrown into the lion's den. What is he thanking God for? See, we're talking about all things working together for good. What is he thanking God for? God's ability to deliver him from the lions. What else would you be praying if you know you're getting ready to be thrown into the lions then? I can tell you what I wouldn't be praying. Lord, bless me with a new house. Come on, am I the only one? Lord, pay all my bills off. Let me tell you what I'm praying. God, you are righteous and you are just God. And the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord. Look, God, you created lions, so you have the ability to stop their mouths. So I thank you that these lions won't hurt me at all if I even get thrown in there. But if I do, God, you're able to. How many of y'all know God, Daniel is giving God thanks in this situation? All right, so he prayed and gave thanks, watch this, uh, before his God, as his custom was since his early days, Then these three men assembled, found Daniel praying. You all know the story. He's thrown into the lion's den. The king, Darius, couldn't sleep all night. The king tells Darius before they put him in the lion's den that your God that you serve is able to save you from these lions. That's interesting that Darius said that to him before he was thrown into the lion's den. And so Darius couldn't sleep the entire night. The scripture says his sleep went from him. He rushes to the cave. Uh, has them move the stone, and he says, Daniel, the God that you serve, was he able to keep you throughout the night? Daniel yelled back. How do you know that would have freaked me out right there? <laughs> Daniel yelled back, O king, live forever. My God is able to keep that. He sent his angel tonight to keep the mouth of the lions shut. So instead of the lions killing Daniel, Daniel used the lion's mane as a pillow that night. Why? Because he was willing to give God thanks in every situation. So as a result of that, folks, if you read the rest of the story, Daniel is promoted to the highest seat in the kingdom other than King Darius because he would not change his posture even though something bad happened to him. He was faithful. He was blameless. And he prayed and he gave God thanks. So never pray without giving God thanks. Can you all remember that? Never pray without giving God thanks. 
not just for what I'm praying for, but also backtrack and count your blessings. Because it reminds you how good God's been to you. I'll close with this thought. Do you want the full benefit of your prayer life? That's a yes or no question. How many of y'all want the full benefit of your prayer? No doubt about it. How many of y'all want the ability to rejoice always and in every circumstance? That's real maturity as a believer, right? All right, let me give you this here. I thought about this. When a person prays without giving thanks, it's like a bird trying to fly with no wings. So if you think about it, the bird can still, because it has feet, can still move along the ground, but it can't rise above its circumstances. They can move, but they cannot rise. Thanksgiving gives your prayers wings so you can fly. So always remember that if you want to rise above and soar above your circumstances, your prayer is not complete until you give God thanksgiving in it. And I don't care what you're going through right now, folks. If you really want the two questions that I just asked you, if you want to become a person that benefits fully from your prayer life and you want the ability to rejoice always and in every circumstance, I just want to give you about 30 seconds. I don't care what you're going through. It could be great right now. I mean, even if it's great, it can still go to another level. I don't know about you. I'm always believing God for the next level and will until I leave this earth, okay? And so I want you to take some time. Just take a few moments right now not to give God thanks for everything. Stand to your feet, and I want you to lift your hands and just give God thanks in everything, okay? That's different, okay? Go ahead. Just lift your hands. Open up your mouth. And just take about 30 seconds or so to just give God thanks in everything. Father, I'm so thankful in my marriage. I'm thankful as a parent, Father. I'm thankful for my children and their development, Father. Where they're at right now, I give you thanks in that, Father. I'm thank you, uh, thankful for the development in this church, Father. We're, we're not where we need to be, Father, but we're certainly not where we used to be, and we are heading on down the road. I'm thankful, Father, in this temporary location, Father, called the West End. I'm thankful, Father, in the Maypac, Marietta Performing Arts Center. I'm thankful at 582 Wiley Road, Father. I'm thankful in all of those situations, Father. For every situation and circumstance that I find myself in right now, Father, I want you to know that I am thankful. I want you to know that you are good, you are great, and you are greatly to be praised, God. And I know that even the bad things and the challenges that I'm facing right now, as long as I rejoice always, Father, I pray always, and I give you thanks always, you're going to cause every situation and circumstance to work out to my good, Father. And so I stand in that hope, Father, and I rejoice in glory, and I glory in my tribulations, Father, because I know my tribulations are producing perseverance, the ability to remain under, Father, with joy in my heart and a smile on my face. And my perseverance will produce character in my life, Father, and tested character will always produce hope, Father. Because you've done it in the past, hope gives me confidence that you'll do it again in the future, Father. So you're good, Father, and you're good in every situation and circumstance, and I give you glory for that today in Jesus' name. I can't hear you all out there. I see your hands lifted up, but I can't hear your mouth out there. Come on, glorify him, magnify him. God, you are good in every situation. And I want to challenge everyone in this room. 
to never possess a bad attitude. Because a bad attitude is a sign of ingratitude. There is something that you're not thankful for. Channel that negative energy into something positive and say, you know what? I can't do anything to change my situation right now but give God glory, give God praise, give God honor, and just focus all of that energy into a positive direction and watch God come through for you every single time, okay? Praise God. Let's lift our hands. Thank God for what we heard today. God, you are good. We receive your word with gladness, Father, and we'll walk in it and give you all the glory for it. God, you are good. While you're in that attitude today, I never like to take this for granted. There's someone in this building, maybe you're visiting family members or friends and didn't realize that the Spirit of God was setting you.